0: Today we come to the final session of our series of lessons entitled, Greatness Through Process. I have been teaching on the subject of greatness in the eyes of God. And in our first session, we dealt with the definition of God's greatness. What does, how does God look at greatness, not how the world does? And we've also dealt with the essence of greatness. You with me? In the last two Sundays, we've talked about the process or the journey that God takes us through in our walk of faith in order to bring greatness out of us the greatness that He has deposited within us must come to a place where they are released out of us in order to bless humanity. God said to Abraham, I will bless you and you will become a blessing to the nations. Amen? So when God blesses you, He has something much more on his mind than just you or your family or your children. He wants to bless the world around you, your world where God has placed you. He wants to bless your neighbors, your work colleagues, your relationships through the blessing that God has given to you and I. Amen? So that we could become useful and productive in the kingdom of God. That's what we're talking about. So in the last two Sundays, we've dealt with the process that God takes us through. And the process, as we've mentioned over and over again, it's not necessarily comfortable. Because God will allow us to go through tests and trials in order to develop our character and to make us more Christ-like. That is the destination of every single one of us to become more Christ-like, to be conformed to the image of His Son, to be more loving, more patient, more merciful, more gracious. Amen? More faithful, more consistent in our walk of faith. Today we will close the series of lessons with the qualifying factor, That's what we're going to talk about. The qualifying factor to enter into your own greatness. What was it, well, what is it that will qualify you to enter into that place of your own greatness, your own authority, your own fragrance, where the world around you will see the glory of God in you and working through you. And in order to lay a foundation, we will read... From the Gospel of St Luke chapter 16 verses 10 through to 12. Luke's Gospel chapter 10 verse 10 chapter 16 sorry verse 10 through to 12. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much and he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? Question mark. So the qualifying factor in God's order of things of entering into your own greatness or your own authority in God is being faithful in serving another man's authority. Because Jesus said, you have to be faithful in what is another man's before God gives you what is your own. In other words, you have to prove that you are a faithful person. Faithful in serving someone else so that you can qualify to enter into your own authority or your own greatness. Remember what we said about the essence of greatness is authenticity. Recall that? To be authentic, to be real, to be genuine. And another definition for authenticity is to be authorized. You know, when when my car needs a service, I always take it to the authorized dealer. You know why? Because they've been authorized and I trust them. I don't take them to the mechanic down the road, on the side of the road, just because it's cheaper. Because I don't know what they may do to my car. And it cost me a lot of money to get that car. Hello, are you with me? They are authorized. There is nothing more worse. There is nothing more uncomely, unattractive than an unauthorized person. A person who pretends to be what he's not. Who's not genuine. Who's fake. Who's a copy rather than an original. And God wants every one of us to be an original In the way He made us, wired us, and in what He has called us to do on this earth. Amen? There is nothing more attractive than a person who's authorized to do what he's doing. There is an air of confidence about that person. When he walks into the room, people stop and take notice of that person. He's not insecure. He's not pretending. He's real. He's genuine. Hello? there's, There's something beautiful about that person. You know, people often like to put masks and hide who they really are or pretend who they're not. Now the Lord is taking us through a process in order to take that off of us so that the real you can show up And when the real you shows up, the world is blessed. Amen? You are fulfilled. You are satisfied. You will never be satisfied. You will never find contentment or fulfillment until you find yourself. And be who God created you to be and do what God created you to do. There's peace in that. There's joy in that. It's what the Bible calls you enter into God's rest. And hallelujah, how we need that rest. When you are in God's rest, you sleep at night like a baby. It doesn't mean you don't have any challenges or troubles or trials, but you seem to rise above that because you know who you are. And you're not influenced by what anybody else says about you. You're not influenced by others' rejection or words. You're not influenced or moved by circumstances. Why? Because you know your identity. You know you're a child of God. God is your Father. You are His child. You know He holds you in His hands. And you know He loves you with an everlasting love. There is rest and there is peace in that. That's what we're talking about. That's where God is taking you and I. That's where God takes families, congregations, individuals. But the qualifying factor to enter into that greatness or your own unique authority is to be faithful in serving another man's authority. And we look at the example of Joseph. We talked a lot about Joseph during the lesson of the process that God takes us through. Joseph entered into his own greatness after he had faithfully served in both places he found himself. Even though it wasn't his choice to be where he was found. First in Potiphar's house, He was sold as a slave by his own brethren. So he found himself in a strange land, in a strange country, in a strange house, as a slave. So what he did, he began to serve faithfully his master. Listen to what the Word says about Joseph in Potiphar's house. Genesis chapter 39, verses 2 and 4. The Lord was with Joseph. Listen, it doesn't matter where you are. It could be in the most uncomfortable situations. It could be in a palace, or in prison, or somewhere out in the desert, or at a place of work that's very uncomfortable, that's not easy to get on well with people. But listen, notice what the word says. And the Lord was with Joseph. If the Lord is with you where you are, it makes the most bitter, the most uncomfortable place, a place of joy and gladness. The presence of the Lord makes a difference in our lives. And that's what we should strive for to be found in the presence of the Lord. Not try to get out of situations, but invite the presence of God where you are in your situation. And when He shows up, He begins to change things. But primarily, He changes you and I. He makes us grateful. He makes us thankful. He makes us appreciative. And He makes us more like Himself. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. Listen, this man was a slave, but yet the word calls him successful. As a slave. It doesn't matter what the world thinks. It's what God thinks that matters. If God says you are successful, you are successful. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. You see what the presence of God does? He makes you successful. And whatever you do, he causes it to prosper. Wow. So Joseph found favor in his sight, and served him. Now, he wasn't a godly man. He was a heathen. He was not a believer. He was not a Hebrew. He was an Egyptian. Some of us are complaining because we are placed in a place where there's unbelievers around, or our boss, or our employer, but they don't. So what? Serve them as you would serve the Lord. You with me? So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had he put under his authority. Do you see that? Then we find him in prison. Genesis 39, verse 21-22. Again, falsely accused by his master's wife thrown into the dungeons of Egypt. And listen, prison in Egypt is not like the prisons we have today. they like five-star hotels, the prisons we have today compared to what they had in Egypt. But listen to what the Word says. But the Lord was with Joseph. (laughs) What would you and I have done? Falsely accused, thrown into prison for something we didn't do? I know what I would have done probably my flesh would just explode. This is so unjust. This is so unfair. There's no justice in this world. But we never read about Joseph complaining or murmuring against God. But God, you promised me greatness. You promised me preeminence. And look where I am. Are you you still with me? Now, he was only a teenager. He was about 17 years of age. He must have served party for a couple of years before he was thrown into prison. Probably he was at the age of 20 or just under 20. And he had no church to go to. He had no Bible. He had no one to talk to who could understand him. He was all alone. Imagine this boy's faith. Where did he receive this faith from? What made him so strong, so committed, so faithful? I'll tell you where, in his father's house. That's where we are trained. Not in church, in our house. In our families. Our parents should give us a foundation that is unshakable. Hello, from a young age. His father and his mother taught him the principles of faith, the principles of being faithful to God, of honoring the Lord. And he remained true. The Word says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. Amen? Hallelujah! Amen. <laughs> I was watching this morning my grandson with his dad. Stephen was just about, just a couple of years older than his young son when we came to Cape Town. And he was holding on to his mother's skirt. (laughs) Now, today I see him here with his little ones. Amen. Praise God. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in prison. He became the boss in prison. The prisoner himself. Why? Because the Lord was with him. And he found favor with God. And the keeper of the prison saw the anointing, saw the faithfulness of this young man, and he committed all of the prisoners into his charge. Why? Because he was faithful. Because he had an excellent, outstanding spirit and character that made people stand up and take notice. That's a great person in the eyes of the Lord. Whatever they did there in the prison, it was Joseph's doing. Wow, what a blessing. God's mercy and God's favor... Followed Joseph wherever he went, even in the dungeons of Egypt. There is no place that God cannot come into, no matter where you are. In the darkest place, He's there with you. When you don't understand what's going on and why this is happening and why that, God has not abandoned you. God has not left you. God has not forsaken you. He's still there with you. Amen. Hence, the necessity to have faith and trust in God when unfavorable circumstances cross your path. Joseph continued to believe God, continued to trust God, and faithfully served wherever he found himself. You see, Joseph Joseph had a kingdom perspective. Not a fleshly perspective. He saw God's hand working in every situation in his life. And he never wavered in his faith or in his trust in God. You know why I say that? Listen to what he told his brothers. But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. What you tried to do to me, God turned it round and blessed me in it. And look where I am today. He never blamed his brothers. He never blamed anybody. He never blamed um, Potiphar's wife. He never blamed his his boss like so many of us do. Yeah, well, I'm I'm here where I am because... I had no dad at home, or because I was not raised properly, or because it's my boss's fault, it's this one's fault, and we keep on blaming people. You cannot do that as a believer. Amen? The only one to blame is ourselves for where we are. You know, no one can stop you from entering into God's greatness. They can try, but they will never stop you. The only one who can stop you is yourself. Amen? And we come up so often with excuses. I don't have enough education. I'm a single mom. I am this. I'm that. That's all excuses. If God is with you, you can do all things. Amen? Amen? And God will bless you where you are if you are faithful. So the qualifying factor is what? Being faithful wherever God places you. The knowledge of God's favor and the presence of God in Joseph's life empowered him to submit and to serve faithfully those in authority over him. Amen? The Lord, if we are faithful, that's the key, faithful in our families, Faithful fathers, faithful mothers, faithful wives, faithful husbands, faithful in our finances. Amen? God will elevate you into your own greatness and will open up doors and opportunities and platforms before you beyond your wildest dreams or imaginations. He will do that because He's able. Not only is He able, but He's also willing. Amen? Let's look at another example. Joshua. You know the story of Joshua. Joshua came into his own greatness, into his own authority, by faithfully serving Moses over many years. Hear what the Lord said to him as he took over from Moses, just as he was entering into his own greatness. Joshua chapter 3, verse 7. And the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. What is it? You know, when God exalts you, it's a different story from you trying to exalt yourself. In other words, God was saying to Joshua, This day... You're entering into your own greatness, into your own authority, because you faithfully served the one before you. And everyone will know that as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. When a person enters into his own authority or greatness, people around him will notice. They will know and they will notice. And that's what it's all about, folks. I am here for one reason and one reason alone. To help train and equip you so that people can notice you. That there is something special about you. And that God's favor is upon you. That God's blessing follows you wherever you go. The Bible says true leadership is not making yourself the best, but making others better than yourself. Hello? That's my job. And if I, if I fail to do that, but it also depends on you, not just on me. I can instruct you. I can teach you. I can show you the way, but I cannot do it for you. I will pray for you, but I cannot fight your battles. Amen? And you cannot ride on my faith. You're going to have to stand on your own faith and on your own two feet sooner or later. And you're going to have to prove yourself faithful where you are and where God has planted you and, 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 and assigned a sphere of influence. Be faithful in your church. Amen? Don't just sit and receive and say, bless me, pastor, bless me. What have you got for me today? What has this church got for me? No, ask yourself, what have I got to offer this house that will make it a better place? Amen? You saw we're struggling with ministers of worship here. If you have a gift, if you have a talent, don't just sit on it. Hello? Offer it. Sure, you have to go through a process. That's why we don't have many up there, because our process is very strict. Amen. <laughs> we examine your life, and if your life is not what it should be, you can't stand up there and minister to people. Hello? People may get away with in other churches, but not here. The process is tough. But if you qualify, then you become a blessing to the house. What have you got that God has given you that you can give and bless this house and make it a better place? Some people say, Pastor, but we don't have a woman's ministry. Well, do you have a vision for it? Then you have the mission. Roll up your sleeves. And start one yourself. Oh, but we don't have this. Well, what are you doing about it? Is it hitting home? You know, back when I was in the Orthodox Church, I grew up in the Orthodox Church. <laughs> There's some wonderful things there, wonderful truths. They're hidden with tradition, but when you dig, you'll find them. Well, when we went to church, the only one who was qualified or authorized to do anything was the priest. We were not even allowed to sing. He was singing. He was chanting, doing all the work. He was chanting. He was preaching. He was doing everything. We just sit. It's like you go to a funeral. every. Amen? This is not an Orthodox church. Everybody's a minister. Amen? Amen. Everyone has a ministry. Everyone has a flavor. Everyone has a fragrance. Everyone has something to contribute. And when we contribute from the fragrance that God has given us, we make this place a beautiful place. Amen. Amen? And the Lord said to Joshua this day... I will begin to exalt you or make you great so that they may know that as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. But before God spoke those words to Joshua, he walked for years in the shadows of Moses, serving faithfully, remaining hidden and unnoticed until his day of exaltation came by the hand of the Lord. And both Joseph and Joshua remained humble, faithfully serving, willing to submit until their hour came when God said, Now you've proven faithful. I'm going to give you your own authority, your own leadership, and you will do great things in my name. Amen? You're still with me? God the Father will always exalt the humble in due time and as I said no matter who opposes you no matter who tries to harm you no matter who mistreats you if you remain humble the Lord will take up for you and will reveal his greatness through you you. amen Amen. I'll give you one more example the greatest example of all you know who that is Jesus. Jesus Jesus entered into his own greatness and received, the Bible says, a name that is above every other name. How? By faithfully serving the Father's mission. Jesus said, I do not speak my own words, but only what I hear the Father speak. I came from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Jesus never did, never did anything for himself. All he ever did was to please his Father. He lived in the pleasure of his dad. That was his food, that was his drink, that was his, his whole life. He even went to the death of the cross to please the Father. Wow, what a life. He served faithfully and was found faithful even unto death. You see, this is a fundamental principle in the kingdom of God, and we need to learn it. We can only be released into our own authority and our own greatness as we faithfully submit to someone else's authority. We need to understand the nature of authority, and we need to understand the principle of submission. Humble people always submit. Proud people always find it difficult to submit. We have rebellious wives. We have rebellious husbands. We have rebellious members. We have rebellious workers. Hello? They have never learned the principle of authority or the principle of submission to the authority that God places in their lives. I can give you an example diverting a little bit because I think this will help you. When I was young, younger, okay, let's put it that way, between the ages of 16 to 25, even after I was born again, I still continued on that rebellious streak. I left home in rebellion against my own parents trying to make my own future and my own life the way I wanted it. And so I moved from place to place, enslaving and working in cafes for 18 to 20 hours a day, and I would not take anything from anyone. The moment my boss said something I didn't like, I would grab my jacket and leave. So I... I went from one. I never stayed longer than a year or two in one place. I was always on the move. Why? Because I was not willing to submit. This I had this rebellious streak within me, and I would not take anything from anyone, including my wife. Oh, we got married. We moved up to. Now I'm born again. All of a sudden, I'm born again. I'm filled with the Spirit, baptized in water. But that rebellious streak was still undealt within me. So God had a plan. You remember we talked about the process? <laughs> so he put me under the authority as my father-in-law. He was a hard man. He had a very kind and compassionate heart, but he never showed it. He was hard, and sometimes I thought he was cruel. So I went to work for him. And I started working for him. And I recall the fights, the arguments I had with him, the disrespect. And I was born again, filled with the Spirit, and I was praying all the time. Until one day God opened my eyes Oh, hallelujah. Thank God for revelation knowledge. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. And I saw my father-in-law as the representative of God whom God has chosen to discipline me with, to train me. When I saw it, heaven opened. I sat down, I recall that day just as it was yesterday. And I wrote him a nice long letter. How I appreciated him, how I honor him, how I respect him, and how sorry I was for being so rebellious. Do you know what happened then? Heaven opened. And the blessing of God started falling. The moment I submitted to his authority and I didn't see the man, I saw God's hand disciplining me, working on me, getting rid of that rebellious streak. And God started pouring out his blessing. One blessing after another. The next thing that happened, he came to us and he handed us the supermarket and he said, I'm giving it to you and to your wife and whatever is in, stocks, fittings, you can pay me whenever you want to. We didn't have a cent to our name. Hello. And I knew that that blessing came as a result of me being submitted to the authority that God placed me under. I learned a valuable lesson. Many believers today are running away from the authority that God placed over them. And they have become vagabonds, orphans, going from one place to the next, seeking the blessing of the Lord. But the more they seek it, the further away they are from it. Listen, it doesn't matter how great you were destined to be Oh what great things God has called you to do. Unless you submit to authority, you will never be released into your own authority. And we have children today rebelling against their parents thinking is independence. We even some of us even teach our children to be independent. I mean you ask a 5-year-old, well, "What do you want to eat?" How in the world would he tell you what he wants to eat? He eats what you place before him. What do you want to wear? You tell him what to wear. And he must learn, or she must learn, the principle of authority and be submissive, while they that young. You break that stubborn streak in them while you can because there will come a day when you will not be able to do anything about it. And don't come running to me to help you when they're 16, 17 years of age and they leave home and they run around with boys. Yeah, but we are Christians. Yes, you are, but you haven't raised them properly because you gave in to their will. Hello? Your task as a parent is to subdue and tame that will. Not break them, but tame them in love. My father-in-law always used to say, you want to straighten a tree, you got to do it when it's a young plant. And you put sticks around it. Because when the tree is old, you see some of these trees from the Cape winds. (laughs) The essence of sin is selfishness. I want you to remember that. You cannot sin without being selfish. The Bible says... We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each one has turned to his own way. That is the root and the essence of sin. Selfishness. Self-will. Serving ourselves. Number one. And we have a responsibility, folks, not only to deny ourselves and take up the cross but to teach those who are under our authority how to do the same. And I'm not going to wait for the government to tell me how to train up my child. I understand there's a lot of abuse going on. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being firm with love. You've got to balance love with discipline. When I've spanked, I've never spanked my children in anger. They are there to testify to this day. Before I spanked them, I sat them down. I've explained to them why they're getting a hiding and why it's necessary for me to apply the rod. And then I would pray with them afterwards and make up. So, where am I now? My half an hour is up. So here we are. That's why I said many in the body of Christ, because they, they've never known a father or a mother. Some of, some, some of us have been raised without proper parenting. That's not an excuse, folks. And we cannot use that as an excuse for our rebellion. Many in the body of Christ have failed to enter into their own God-given authority because of their unwillingness to submit to someone else's authority. So what happens? They died with their dreams locked in them, the greatness locked in them. They died without ever seeing the realization of the promises that God has promised them. Amen? And we see in conclusion, when Jesus was 12 years of age, He knew more than His teachers knew. He knew more than His parents did. And yet, we read in the Scriptures that he was subject to his parents. How long? Thirty years. Before he was released into his own ministry, he went to John. Why? Because John was authorized by God to baptize in water. He submitted to John the Baptist. He was baptized by John the Baptist. And when he submitted to John's authority, heavens opened and God spoke with an audible voice. What was it that made God speak and say, this is my son in whom I am well pleased? I'll tell you what it was. Because he saw his son, God in the flesh, the one who created the universe, submitting to human authority. Hello? Let me say this, when you enter your own authority, the first thing you look for, wherever you go, is authority. And there are authorities everywhere. In the house, in the church, at work, in government, in every sphere of life. And in conclusion, let me quote something from my favorite preacher, one of my favorite ones. He went home to be with the Lord now. Dr. Miles Monroe. Listen to what he says. And when we close. He said, authority without authority is no authority at all. Because it takes authority to release authority. He also said, Understanding authority is the key to life and effective living. God's Holy Spirit dwelled in Jesus and also came upon Him at His baptism to enable Him to fulfill His calling. This would not have happened without Jesus' willingness to submit. And finally He said, this is a good one, authority is the thread that holds the fabric of life together. Our lives are beautiful designs that God is making on a fabric that He has woven. That fabric itself is made up of threads of authority. And if we violate His authority, then the plan that He has for our lives will not unfold in His great design, but instead will begin to unravel so check yourself today throughout this week am I rebelling in any area of my life first of all am I in rebellion against God's word am I obedient to the things that God has shown me from his word am I faithful in that Amen? And do a spiritual check. And if you find yourself that you're rebelling in an area, then you know what to do. Humble yourself. Ask the Lord to forgive you. And ask the person in authority to forgive you. Amen? Thank you for listening to this message.